Praise the Lord, everybody. Who else is glad to finally be back with another youth service after a whole long month? I love these things, and I'll never get enough of them. Uh, I don't, y'all can go ahead and be seated because I don't have a verse to start out with. Um, But I would like to preach to you tonight on the topic of bound by broken chains. The male African bush elephant is the largest land animal on the planet. It can be up to 13 feet tall from foot to shoulder and weigh 10.4 tons or uh, 22,930 pounds. That's kind of big. Just a little bit. They can create enough force to move an object that is nearly 10 tons or 20,000 pounds, which is equivalent to about 130 humans. Using their tusks and trunks, they can uproot entire trees. They can knock over uh, entire logs. They can move boulders out of the way. Nothing can stand in their path. They are powerful animals. They are insanely magnificent creatures, insanely ferocious beasts if you know the um <laughs> that's one of those sentences that i wrote went to take out started deleted deleted halfway and then just left it in my notes bear with me <laughs> yet these huge powerful beasts can be utterly defeated by one small rope see as a baby these amazing creatures these these great titans of the jungle are much smaller like like a lot smaller than the whole you know 10.4 ton monster and these um And these elephant trainers, you know, like in circuses and things like that where uh, they use elephants or tricks, elephant trainers take advantage of this young developmental stage of elephants. By they, what they do is they dig posts in the ground. They just set a small post and dig a tiny rope around the post and then dig that rope to the elephant's leg when it's young and when it's a calf. And though it's a seemingly small rope, a small challenge to an adult elephant that has so much power and potential, but to that small calf, it's an impossibly strong force. See, these small elephants, they'll try to tug away. They'll try to escape from this rope and they attempt to be free, to roam where it wants to be, to, to go freely. But all it takes is one small rope, and that small rope can wear away at the confidence of that animal, the, the, the drive of it. And it, it, may, it will start to seem like a barrier that can never be overcome, which at the time is true. That little elephant is never going to tear away from that rope. But the before-mentioned adult male 10.4-ton, 13-foot-tall elephant is so strong that it could snap the rope in two, then probably turn around, grab the post with the trunk, and just rip it out of the ground. However, it remembers that instant. It remembers when it was young, it was defeated. And somehow it has convinced itself, even though it can go and do all these tricks and lift these insanely heavy things and do all this amazing, powerful stuff, whenever it gets tied back onto that post... It's trapped. It's in this helpless situation. It will never overcome where it's at. See, it's trapped. It's held captive by the shadow of its past, of the rope, of that rope that holds it there. It is trapped by the shadow of its chains. 
See, chains in your spiritual life as you go through life are made with your sins, your shortcomings, those instances when you fall short, uh, chains um, wrap around you when the adversary becomes to come in. You have a, you know, the time to pay the bills or all of a sudden hit with the sickness and, and these chains that begin to wrap around you. In those moments, the chains are linked together. They're formed together and they begin to bind around you and to trap you in. And just like that trainer for the circus, the devil tries to do the same thing to you. All he wants is to convince you that you failed before and that's all you'll ever do. He wants you to think you are bound by this unbreakable chain, by this insurmountable opposition, something that you will never be able to rid of. You will always have these things around you, and you'll never get free. Yeah. But see, I'm here to show to you that in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9, it says, Wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Did you hear me? The word of God is not bound. Now, let, let, let's just wait a second here. Now, what, what, what exactly does this mean? You know, it does say, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bounds. You know, stating the obvious fact that when I mess up, which it's evident, especially with me, going to mess up. That's just the thing I do. When I mess up, the chains are formed around me. Whenever you get in these situations, you get these chains on you. And, and whenever I fall short in sin, I get bound, I get trapped, and there's nothing I can do. However, the word of God is not bound. I may be in these chains, in these shackles, in this bondage, and I don't have a key or a way out or my escape route, but the word of God cannot be bound. So if I take the word and put it down in my heart, there's nothing that can be done to hold me down. If I'll go fall on an altar and get some Jesus in the situation, there's nothing that's going to be able to stop it. There is no chain that can bind the word of God. There is no shortcoming that is greater than the word of God. There is no sin that God can't wash over with the blood poured out at Calvary. There is no problem a little bit of Jesus can't turn around. Every chain is broken in the presence of the Lord. But that's not what I came to talk about. I came to talk about the aftermath, the broken chains. See, many of us have probably at one point in our life been held under some kind of chain before. Whether I'm talking spiritually, whether it be health, finance, sin, whatever it may be, we've all been there in that place of hopelessness, that place where we don't know where to go, don't know where to turn, we feel trapped. And many of us have probably had one of those chain-breaking experiences where the entire situation got flipped upside down, the chains were shattered, the problem was fixed. You know, you, you just walked out of that service. And the problem with that is sometimes when the chains are broken, we still go back and hold on to them. You know, sometimes after we, we put our sins under the blood and, and, and that, that really good Sunday night service and we hit that altar and, man, it all just chains in that. And all The chains just change. They go rid in that instance. They break and you finally get that little bit of freedom in that service because there's just something there that night. There was something in the atmosphere that night and, and you got that taste of freedom. But... But sometimes after we put our sins under the blood of Christ we, and the chains break apart, we go and we try to move on. But eventually we find ourselves trapped by the same chain that we were freed from. 
See, there was a scientific study done on uh, jokes because they wanted to figure out what the funniest joke in the world was. And so they made a website. Uh, people could post jokes, rate jokes, and the whole goal was to like get every joke ever written, post it on the website, and get people to rank them and find the highest ranked, you know, funniest joke. And so I'm, I'm sure you're dying to know. I will share that joke with y'all. So um, pretty much the story is there's two hunters. They're walking in the woods. And then one of those hunters just fall down, motionless, lifeless, and, and his friend's like, oh, no, oh, no. And so he gets out of his phone, and he calls, his, he calls 911, and he says, help, my friend just died. He's laying on the ground. He's, he's not alive. And the, the officer's like, okay, just calm down. No, first thing first, we've got to make sure, make sure your friend is actually dead. And there's just silence on the phone. All of a sudden, bang! And the guy gets back on the phone. Okay, he's dead. Now what? Okay, so the story is there were two hunters, and they were walking along a path, and one of the hunters fell down, and he was and then he just was lifeless, motionless, and his friend started worrying. So he got on the phone, and he, he called 911. And when he called 911, he's like, help, my friend's dead. And, you know, he's not, he's not, he's not alive. He's, he's not motionless. And so that person says, okay, just got to calm down. You know, make sure, first assess the situation, just make sure he's dead and all that. Silence on the phone. Bang! And then he runs, and he runs back to the phone and says, okay, he's dead. Now what? Okay, now a few of you may laugh again, but that joke the second time, didn't have near the effect it did the first time. You know, after you got your official kick out of it, after you got your official power out of it, the, whenever you came back to it later, to the same exact people who know how it ended, well, the mystery of it, the, the hilarity of it, the funny parts of it, it's just gone. There's nothing to it. Like the joke, the broken chains that you go back to don't have the same effect they did prior they don't have the same power they did the first time the changes that bound you before cannot bind you again once they are broken they're broken can't make a broken chain unbroken and they have no hold on you unless you let them see if you let those broken chains of sin or of pride or whatever else can control you and you let them control you and they'll begin to take over. You are free to praise. You're free to dance. You're free to worship. But you set through life letting the past take the reins. The past you already overcame. That past you already laid down at the altar and had that service. You, know, you felt that freedom over it. But now you're living in the same past. You're back in the same situation. You're bound by the same broken chains. You let them cast their shadow over your life. Back when I went, mentioned back to the elephant, it was that, you know, it's, it's bound by the shadow of its past, bound by the shadow of that past chain. Because what are shadows? Well, you know, why do shadows happen? Well, shadow happens when this object stands up in front of the light and it blocks the light from flowing past it. And a shadow happens. It blocks the light coming in and creates darkness. And those, whenever you go back and you grab those chains and you let them come back over you, and you hold on to them and bring them back to you, whenever that light of God tries to shine into you, whenever that mercy of God tries to shine into you, but you keep that chain up here by you, it blocks out the light. It doesn't let it hit you and casts a shadow over you and makes you be filled in darkness, makes you be held in darkness because the light that should be coming in is being blocked out by those pieces of chains that you're still keeping with you. You begin to listen to those broken chains and what they say, you begin to listen to them and let them take control, let them roll. You know, when they, when they say, well, you know, you can't praise the Lord. You remember what you did, right? 
You, you, aren't, you aren't good enough. You, you know where you came from. You've already messed up too many times to, to be used by God. God would use someone like you, really? Or, or no, you don't, you don't have to do that. You, know, you, you don't have to try to overcome your pride. You know, those people really will judge you, and that's, that's going to hurt, and, and you just shouldn't do it. You, know, you need to keep yourself proper and self-esteem high. That way you don't get brought down by other people. Or you, know, you shouldn't go do that because that's going to cause you to get off your comfort zone. And well, we don't like to get off our comfort zone. We're just going to stay and hold our chains and be over here, and we'll just, we'll just stay over here, and you know, whatever happens, whatever happens. So, you know, do, do you remember me, your, your self-pride, your past sins, your, your ego? The only way to really be free from your chains is to stop living in your past and start living like you're free. The only way to be free is to live like you're free. See, that's our real problem. And I feel like I've probably been short, but if the musicians would go ahead and come, I'm going to try to wrap this up. We are a church that has been waiting for a revival to come for many years, and we are long overdue. But if we continue to wait for our revival, if we keep waiting for it to come, it never will. You see, as a young person, and as I've kind of grown and learned and went to different youth camps and all that, probably for maybe three years now, Every time we go to youth camp, go to a revival, go to a youth service, HYC, anything like that, every altar service, every altar call, I would always have this prayer in my mind of, you know, I, I, I want to be this great Christian. I want to do these great things. I want to do his work. I want to do whatever I can do. But I wanted it to happen in an instant. I wanted it to all change in an instant. I wanted one of those times where you just walk up to the altar, the preacher picks you out especially, walks down, slaps his hand on you, and you begin to fall down, and you're just rolling on the floor speaking in tongues, and you, you don't even remember all that happened. You apparently got carried off to your dorms, and you wake up the next morning, didn't even know all what happened, but you wake up renewed and refreshed, and you have this whole new sense of who you are. And, and I, I honestly prayed that that's how it would come to me. I honestly just wanted there to be no struggle, no change. Like, you know, I didn't want to have to fight for the change. I have to fight against and, and add these new things. I just wanted it to be in an instant. You know, I wanted minute rice. I didn't want to have to go out and pick it and then process it and then take a long time to cook. I just wanted it instant. And see, as a church, we must realize that no revival is going to come to us and, and shake us up. Change. There's not just going to be this big movement that we had no control over that's just going to change everything. A revival starts with you, and it starts with me. Yeah. Think about it. It's a revival, a refreshing, a renewal. Yeah. It's the people yeah. that are, have got to this point need to be revived and be at this point. Yeah. But we are the ones who change. The only way to be free is to start living like you are free, and the only way to have a revival is to start living like you're revived. The Bible says, he who the Son has set free is free indeed. There is no reason for me to sit down, hinder my worship, and just sit around while other people go and praise and just, just be here and be content with where I am 
We're not going to go and get revived, get refreshed, get this renewing and change how things are happening. There is no past that has any hold on me. He who the Son has set free is free indeed. No chain can bind. No bondage is strong enough. Nothing can keep a hold on me. Some of us may be like that elephant. Then we still feel like we're bound by this thing that hasn't been broken yet. And for those, there's an altar here. And here at this altar, chains can be broken. You can, you can experience that freedom. And others are like the people I just described who are still lugging around their chains that have previously been broken. If everybody will stand. I'm asking somebody. I don't know who it is. I don't know who you are. But I'm asking somebody to make the bold move and make up your mind tonight. You're either in this thing or you aren't. You're either ready to see the revival, you're ready for the change, you're ready for it, and you want to be a part of it, or you don't want change, and you just want it to go on. You want your Sunday night, same routine, Sunday morning, same routine, Wednesday night, same routine, no revivals on Fridays, you know, don't really have to come to Monday night prayer meeting. You just want to go through the motions like we always do, and we'll be in that same place forever. Or do you want to be the one that changes things? You want to have that breakout service in this church. And I'm not sure who is who tonight. But I'm asking someone to step up and come to a place of praise. And say, he who the Son has set free is free indeed. And I am free in Jesus' name if you would come.